This is episode 370, How to Access Your Sensuality with Amanda. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks so much for being here. I love today's topic because it's one of those coaching episodes where the question led us down a different direction. So Amanda called in and asked about how to tap more into her sensuality, but really what the question was, what the issue was that we talked about is how to feel safe in her vulnerability. You can't feel safe in your sexuality and sensuality unless you feel safe in your vulnerability. And you'll notice the first seven minutes in this call, I just hold space for Amanda to to talk a lot. And there was a reason I did that and I explained why in the call. So make sure to listen to the entire call. Definitely stick around for the first 10 minutes because you'll see the shift in energy pretty quickly. As you're listening to this call, consider, do you feel blocked from your sensuality? Would you like to be more expressed in your life, especially sexually? Did you have the space to be expressed as a child? Was vulnerability encouraged in your house? Or did you have to hide your feelings, numb your feelings, deal with your feelings on your own? Are you in a relationship and even feel inhibited with your own partner? And finally, do people in your life give you feedback that they'd like to be closer to you? that you have walls up or masks on? And do you feel like your relationships could be deeper, but you're just scared to go there? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Amanda. Before we dive in, I want to thank my sponsor for this week, which is Organifi, one of my favorite companies, and you get 20% off any of your orders when you go to Organifi.com slash over it using promo code over it in the checkout. Okay, so one of my favorite things to drink at this time of year is Organifi's Gold and Organifi's Gold Chocolate. They're so yummy. So some key ingredients in the gold, turmeric, ginger, reishi mushroom, lemon ball, turkey tail, relaxing. There's antioxidants, amazing mushrooms. Reishi is the grounding mushroom. We can all use some of that. And their gold chocolate is like a healthy hot chocolate. It has all the other things, turmeric, ginger, reishi mushroom, lemon balm, turkey tail for that calming support. But it also does not spike your blood sugar like other hot chocolate or hot chocolate alternatives. So the average hot cocoa has 200 calories, 6 grams of fat, and 25 grams of sugar. Organifi Gold Chocolate just has 23 calories, less than 2 grams of fat, and 1 gram of sugar. And it tastes delicious. So go to Organifi.com slash over it. Use promo code over it. Check out for 20% off all your orders. Amanda, welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, Christine. Thank you so much for having me. It's mm-hmm. such a privilege to be on your show. Uh-huh. I've taken some time to really take in your content. And I think I've grown so much just from listening. And I'm going to be 40 this year. It's a big year for me. Mm. Um, and I'm in a loving, committed relationship where, quite honestly, I think it's been a great container for me to grow and just go down this rabbit hole, if you will, of like figuring myself out. And because I have a background of being raised as a Christian girl, you know, I've had a lot of unconditioning that I've and unlearning of things from that sort of 
space that I've had to work through. And so really the reason I wanted to speak with you was because I'd like to, I think, do a few things when it comes to the continued unlearning when it comes around maybe shame or guilt with respect to sensuality, because I want to lean more into my feminine and I want to embody, you know, that beautiful, I think, (laughs) gift that as women, you know, we have, you know, to just enjoy, be in our pleasure without these ideas that there's something wrong with doing that. And so there's that particular aspect of things. And more, I think, overarching thing for me here is to say that I'm looking to continue to like let go of things that don't serve me, have an ability to just alchemize and transmute and let go. Um, and so I really think that speaking to you and giving myself a little bit of clarity in that direction are going to be the things that take me Mm. into like this next phase that I'm, I'm, I'm entering or heading into, if you will. I, I feel like I said a lot, but I hope that made sense. <laughs> if you could sum it up into one question, what would the question be? Yeah. Like, how can I embody my sensuality without guilt, I guess is the way I can say. And okay. the thing that I picture there is like, if you've watched Sex in the City ever, a Samantha Jones in terms of a, a perspective of playfulness and mm-hmm. curiosity in that space. Yeah. Well, and it depends. So everybody's sensuality expresses in a different way. And we don't all express sensually or sexually in in the same ways. Maybe what you're picking up on from the Samantha character is just the freedom that she feels in her body. You know, you might not express sexually or sensually that way. However, you might be looking at, oh man, I wish I felt that free. Does that make sense? Oh, totally makes sense. Yeah. Because I think she's an extreme you know, in terms of how it was almost, there was almost like there was a bit of a sexual addiction in that character. Okay. From my perspective, there was a freedom, but there was a little bit of sort of, she needed it to, she sort of needed it to feel a certain way. So my question for you is the guilt that comes up. What do you feel guilty about? What are the thoughts? Because guilt really isn't a feeling. It's just a collection of thoughts that we call guilt. So what are the thoughts that come up? that you call guilt? Um, it's probably more around this shame around it. And I get locked up. It's almost like I, I freeze almost and I feel very awkward. I don't know if that helps give a little more clarity because, you know, the, the thought is I can express myself this way. It's my birthright, right? Like we all have this cause we're in these meat suits. So what is keeping me from being able to just feel good and flow right in mm-hmm. that way? Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you, what do you think? Cause I'm sure you've thought about it. Totally have. I think that, I mean, there's a few things tied up around it. It's this idea. And I think I've moved away a little more from that of this conditioning of good girls. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, good or, girls don't do or what? the idea. What do good girls good do? Girls they don't, they don't express themselves sexually. Why? They, they don't because it's, it's taboo. It's forbidden. It's like this thing where, you know, you're supposed to be this modest person. That's how I was raised um, in my conditioning of things. I mean, mm-hmm. 
And I finally have moved away from like hiding even my body. Like I don't even apologize for it anymore. Like I'm this beautiful, curvy, you know, petite thing, but like I have these thighs and this, I, my, you know, beautiful butt and, you know, that I'm constantly getting, you know, compliments around. And I love that, you know, but it's one of those things where I moved away from hiding myself. Like I finally went on a trip and wore a bunch of two pieces because I was like, you know what? I'm not, you know, first of all, I'm not getting younger. That's one, right? Like this body of mine is so beautiful and appreciating her is amazing and celebrating her that way. Like wear the tank top, wear the shorts, wear the bikini and, and feel good in it. And like, there's nothing wrong with that. And I really just am in this place where it feels cool, but I'm like, what do I do with it? And how do I, right? Because I'm excited to now, like I want to. Okay, let me stop you for a second. So sure. one thing I'm noticing is, and this is so common. So this isn't a judgment. This isn't a criticism or anything like this. This is just pointing out what many of us do, especially women, when we don't feel safe in our body. We go into our head. Okay. Right? So we're talking, 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 talking. Are you aware of all, at all what's happening in your body when you're talking? Like get out of your head for a second, close your eyes, move into your body. What do you notice? I feel like there was this shortness of breath. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. What else? There's a numbness to me. Yeah. Yeah. And why did you have to go numb? Because I get uncomfortable. Mm. Is there something even deeper than that? Why it felt safer to go numb at a certain point? I think it just goes back to to an area that probably just doesn't feel safe for me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't feel so safe. I don't feel safe because? We don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So because has, it means I'm vulnerable. Mm-hmm. What happens when you're vulnerable? It feels scary. Mm-hmm. When you were vulnerable as a child, what happened? There wasn't a lot of space for me to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, so imagine, I imagine that if you were vulnerable, you got shut down or your needs weren't met. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is very true. Mm-hmm. So what did you have to do instead? If vulnerability wasn't safe, who did you have to become? What did you have to do? Do. I had to mm-hmm. do and you I had, had to, to achieve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what would happen if you went to the gym for a year and you only worked the right side of your body? You only lifted weights on the right side. My body would probably look a little unbalanced. <laughs> right. And what, what would happen to your right muscles? They would probably experience some growth, right? Yeah. Whereas the left the would other probably atrophy. Would mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So can you see as human beings, we're a combination of doing and being, of flowing and going, of masculine and feminine, of 
sensual and productive. Can you see that of right and left? Totally. Yes. Yes. And basically your whole life, you've been going to the gym and just working one side because that was the only side that was safe. So you've been overdeveloped in the doing, in the thinking, in the achieving, in the talking, in the explaining, in the analyzing. And you're really good at it. And that feels safe. Can, can you tell? And that's, that's why I just had you just talk for a while, the first seven minutes or so of the podcast, because I wanted you to start to feel safe. And then you can see I came in and I asked you just to be in your body and notice that it probably felt more uncomfortable than just telling me the story, didn't it? Yeah. 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 So your sensuality isn't broken. <laughs> it's there. It just got, just hasn't been worked out because if you think about it, our sensuality is tied to our vulnerability, especially as women, you know, for women in so many ways, our biggest turn on is safety. If we feel safe, then we can let go. If we don't feel safe, forget about it. And so for you, you seem like the kind of person that in order to really be sexually close to someone, you'd probably want to feel emotionally intimate with them too. Correct? Yes. 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 But that's even challenging because from such a young age, your vulnerability has been made wrong. So I imagine in relationships, there's certain patterns you get into where you don't really take off the mask. You hit it right on the nail. Mm -hmm. These are intimate, close relationships of mine, people, which includes my partner mm -hmm. um, and, and friends that I've had in my life for a very long time where this exact thing came up just casually, organically in conversation. And I was like, all three of you are telling me the same thing. And they did it so lovingly. Mm -hmm. um, so, yes, to, yes. What feedback did they give you? Oh, that I retreat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That I, yeah. Retreat, or we could call protect. Get scared and protect. And I just want to acknowledge that you have people in your life that love you so much that they want to be that honest with you. Yes, I am very fortunate. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Um, What's present for you now? Let's just say in the body and the feelings. What's present for you now? That I am just in gratitude because I've known this, like this exact, what you're saying is like conforming or I've already, what I've, what, what has come up genuinely and sincerely. And it just, it just feels beautiful because, like, it shows that I'm supported mm -hmm. and that I am loved. And I remember that evening when we had this conversation, I said to everyone at the table, I've, like, been so fortunate. I feel and blessed by the universe to have had these amazing people surrounding me, you know, like someone up there knew what they were doing 
mm-hmm. when they when this was lined up for me, if mm-hmm. you will. Okay, wonderful. I love the gratitude. And I want to just bring you back into your body and into the tears. Tell me what the tears are. I want to get out of this pattern. That's what the tears are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This pattern can be alienating. Yeah, it can be very lonely. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's a protective strategy. It's really there to help you. It is. And this is a pattern that you move out of gently and with baby steps and with love. When we try to change with frustration, then it, you've heard me say, nothing heals when judgment is present. And so it's really important that to shift into vulnerability and full self-expression, you have to accept all aspects of yourself, right? So there wasn't a space for vulnerability when you were growing up. Can you make that space for yourself now? Instead of, oh, I want to change this. Can you go to the grief of, oh my gosh, I'm so sad. I never had the safety to express my feelings. That sweet little girl in me, I'm just going to hold her close. I'm going to talk to her and I'm going to tell her I'm here. And I'm going to let myself grieve that I didn't really have that. Let myself feel. I'm going to make space for my feelings and remind myself that it's safe to feel. Because this right here, what you and I are doing right now is intimacy. This is your ear in it. You're breaking the pattern right here and now. You've just had a little assistance from me because I keep bringing you back to your feeling. Every time you want to go to your head, just keep bringing you back. Yeah, you do that pretty well. You do. Well, why do you think I can do that? Because I've made space for myself to do that in my own life. I was excellent at wearing masks. Excellent. And you probably know my story. I was on antidepressants for 20 years. So talk about being numb. And I had to learn, I had to learn, not necessarily learn how to feel, but I had to learn to, I had to learn that it was okay to feel, that it was safe to feel. Because for you, if, you know, children need, their feelings can feel really out of control if they don't have adults in there who can provide safety can say, it's okay, I'm with you, can provide calm. And so if that isn't there, feelings can feel really scary. So there's two things happening, right? One, you didn't feel like your vulnerability and expression was welcomed, right? So you had to kind of shut down, go numb, put on masks. And two, you had a lot of big feelings and they probably felt so overwhelming because no one was there to help you manage them. So it feels scary. So no wonder sensuality can feel scary because it feels out of control because your safety place has been in your head and no one says, oh my God, I had the greatest sex of my life last night. I was totally in my head the whole time. It was awesome. No one says that. <laughs> no. Yeah. So what's present for you now? I want to keep coming back to your body and the feelings. What's happening now? 
I think I'm just sitting with the, with, like, it just feels uncomfortable, the discomfort of it. Like, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, and that's where the growth is, is being in the discomfort. So notice, you know, we're not pushing you, stretching you into a discomfort that is re-traumatizing, right? We're just going into an area that is a little unfamiliar because it, it's your left side, right, at the gym. It's an area that hasn't been developed. So can you feel the discomfort, Amanda, and can you also feel like right now in this moment you're safe? Yes, I can. Okay, great. Great. So that's the sweet spot. And this is where, you know, with friends or with partners, your partner, I'd love you to practice. Because have you noticed that in the past, when it gets to this point of feeling, you'll retreat, you'll change the subject, you'll make a joke, you'll, you'll opt out. You'll turn it on the other person, make sure they're okay. You'll do anything you can to get out of the feelings or the discomfort. Can you see that? Yeah. Yeah. So this is about like allowing yourself to go into the emotion, remind yourself you're safe, and practice not running in whatever form you run. Running can be people-pleasing, running can be avoidance, running can be retreating, running can be going numb. There's lots of ways we run. Is that something you could practice? Yeah, I, I, I would love to give myself that space mm-hmm. uh, to practice that. What would stop you from doing that? I think is gaining... Um, or having clarity on what that looks like, right? So what's a good, what would be a good resource, a good uh, exercise to create that space for myself? Well, let's see if we can give you something really specific. So who would you like to practice this most with, a friend, your partner? My partner. Okay. Great. So can you give me an example of like when you hit a wall, of when you feel like you shut down or run or any of those things? So an example of that is like maybe it's Friday night or it's date night and we're hanging out and we don't really have like actual intimate like time that way. And Maybe I'll put on something nice, you know, and it just doesn't quite pan out maybe the way that I would like. I don't know if that answers or helps at all. <laughs> so you, you have the best of intentions, but it doesn't turn out like you thought? Yeah. What, t- what tends to happen instead? Maybe we'll just like veg out instead and maybe I'll have too much to drink, you know, and it I'll pass out, you know, and one thing he loves is quality time with me. Right. So like when I pass out, you know, for him, he's like, you passed out on me and like, he'll be heartbroken. Right. Mm. And, um, mm. and I'm like, yeah, I had too much to drink. So sorry. You know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. So basically I numbed. Yes. Yeah. 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 
Okay. So when's the next date night that you have planned? I know that we'll be out on Thursday night. And so it would be nice to, you know, really connect. Okay. So here's what I'd like you to do. Not drink. Yeah. Can you agree to that? I can. Okay. And then at, are you going out to dinner? We actually have a, it's like a event, uh, like a block party event. So it's a social outing, you know, there'll be food trucks and there'll be probably pumpkin carvings, things like that. Okay. Okay. So maybe that's not the best night. So I want you to have a date night where you go out to dinner, you go for a walk or something like that. And what I want you to practice is emotional intimacy first. So I want you to come up with a list of questions for you and your partner that, that are like emotional foreplay, basically. So it could be, you know, what are three things that you really appreciate about me? Um, these are the three things I appreciate about you. Um, is there anything you need more of in the relationship? These are the things I need more of in a relationship. I want you to come up with about five to six questions, uh, and talking points that you can do with your partner back and forth and really, really build emotional intimacy, safety, questions like, or, you know, conversations about these are really one thing I need in the relationship or two things I need in the relationship. If you did these things, it would mean so much to me. It would make me feel safe. It would make me feel loved, whatever it is. But I want you to practice that, that emotional vulnerability that that's because so far you're, you feel safer talking than you do in your body. Correct? Very much. Yeah. Okay. Can you see how, if the conversation and the talking goes to a more vulnerable place, that that's a gateway to the sensuality piece? Because if you're feeling safe, because that emotional connection, can you see that it leads to some potential that there will be more safety on the physical, sensual, sexual level? Yes. Is there a question or hesitation there? I was trying to like wrap my head around with what you just said and connect the dots. Okay. But I can see that. I can see how being honest and feeling good about conversating, you know, and genuine and sincere can lead to that kind of space. Yeah. Just try. Just try because remember the thing that... And in our conversation, what I've learned from you is that as a child, it wasn't safe for you to express. You had to shut down your feelings, shut down your needs, go numb, leave your body and go in your head. I mean, I know that that's a very short summary, but is, is everything I said so far accurate? That's accurate. Okay. So my, my attempt with my, my suggestion, because you asked me for a how. And there's not a book I'm going to recommend or anything like that. I'm trying to give you very specific things for your specific situation. So in the how, what I'm, I'm suggesting you do is sort of recreate an opportunity for you to be expressed, for you to be heard, for you to have your feelings, for you to be vulnerable in a domain that you feel safe with. So for example, imagine if I said to you, Okay, Amanda, what you need to do is get some sexy lingerie, learn a striptease dance, and perform that for your partner, and that'll help your sensuality. How scary would that have felt? <laughs> totally, because it's like, how am I going to do the moves? I don't know. <laughs> right, right, 
Right. So, cause that, that's like pushing you right into the sensuality and we got to back up, meet you where you are and go, okay, if sensuality is only possible when we're in the body, how do we get back in the body? Well, we have to look at how we got out of the body in the first place. We got out of the body in the first place because we didn't feel safe to be vulnerable. So by giving you this exercise where you're working on safety and expression and vulnerability, my, my hope is that with enough of doing that, you'll start to come back in your body and your sensuality will naturally be awakened. So this exercise, if I use the metaphor of the gym that I've used in this call, this exercise with your partner would be working out the left side of the body to try to balance it out a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah. Does this sound like something that you want to do and can do? I do want to do it. And I, and I know I can, it's totally doable. Where I get locked up is crazy to me, (laughs) but you know, love it too. I have to, like, I want to love it. Does that make sense? So that it can morph. Yeah. So what did you just do? I want you to be aware of it. Say that one more time. I'm sorry. What did you just do to yourself with that statement? I went back into my head, didn't I? And judgment. Ah, I've worked on that a lot too, by the way, where I've moved away from like really being hard on myself, but, um, you know, always work in progress. (laughs) Right. But just notice that pattern and nothing heals in judgment. So right now I just want you to put a hand on your heart and a hand on your belly and just say, I forgive myself for judging myself and I forgive myself for being hard on myself. I forgive myself for judging myself and I forgive myself for being hard on myself. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. How's that feel? Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. What's present? And emotional. Yeah. Yeah. It feels it feels good to be nice to yourself. Like doesn't I'm just it? holding myself. Yeah, beautiful. I love yeah. that. More of that. That's intimacy. And that's sensuality because you're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Does this help a little bit, Amanda? It helps so much. Mm. Good. So what's your commitment to yourself? Work on on being it in my body and creating those opportunities that'll help me feel safe. Yeah. Are you committed to doing holding myself? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And doing this whenever you notice that you're judging yourself. Yeah. More of this. This is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your, your vulnerability is beautiful and it's very welcomed. Mm. Thank you for saying that. It's true. Thank you to Amanda for your vulnerability, for allowing yourself to go there, for getting out of your head for a moment and feeling safe enough to come into your body. 
So this episode is a wonderful example of what we do when we don't feel safe. We have protective patterns. And then we notice these patterns and we get frustrated with them. And then we judge the patterns and we try to change, but we're judging the pattern. And like I said, on the call and have said many times, nothing heals in judgment. So the first thing we do is we love the pattern. We accept the pattern. We thank the pattern for protecting us. And of course, Amanda has a hard time with her sensuality and intimacy. She had totally shut down as a child. It didn't feel safe. If you don't feel safe to express yourself emotionally, you're not going to feel safe to express yourself sexually and sensually. When expression is muted, it's muted. It's not like, oh, I can be expressed in this area, but not another area. And so she got overdeveloped right side of her body, using the metaphor, she got overdeveloped in achieving and doing and thinking. And the vulnerability side of her, the the expression side of her atrophied. And so my coaching to her was one, just really being gentle with herself and loving herself through that, but also working out that side of her body by practicing vulnerability. So the date night suggestion of having that emotional vulnerability, giving herself more structured ways to be vulnerable, to practice that. Because it's difficult for me to say to someone, oh, just be vulnerable. Just share your feelings more when it doesn't feel safe. So that's why I gave her a very structured way because the achiever doer side of her will like, will like that. So the achiever side can go, okay, we have a structured way to practice this. So by coming up with those questions, by practicing that emotional safety, that emotional vulnerability, my sense is that will help her break the pattern of numbing help her break the pattern of escaping to her head and eventually move into that sensuality and sexuality. When people ask me about sensuality and sexuality, I think that I have noticed that often people are coached into that expression too soon. They're given tips on how to move their body and how to be more feminine and, you know, just take a pole dancing class or something like that. And if the the reason for why the disconnect was there in the first place isn't unpacked and healed, then it can just feel one, awkward, and two, people can feel like a failure, like that they, they they just aren't a sensual person because they can't access this erotic creature that everyone talks about. But oftentimes that erotic creature, that, that sensuality is tucked away under a lot of protective patterns. So we have to create the safety with emotional expression first, and then we can get to the physical and sexual. So my takeaway from any of you, if you want to be more expressed, especially sexually and sensually, is look at whether you're emotionally expressed. Are you a people pleaser? Do you hold it together? Are you more passive aggressive? Do you keep things inside and just stew about them instead of really letting yourself explode and yell and get crazy and get messy? So we have to get it messy emotionally before we can really tap into that sensuality. So reflect on that. Ask yourself, do I make safe spaces for my vulnerability? Do I practice intimacy in other ways? Am I vulnerable with myself? Am I expressed? And if not, where areas where I can step into that more? That's the show for today. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.